Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Book of Podcast listeners, thanks so much for joining us today. And I am joined by my friend, Laura Neff. Thank you so much for making time for us today, Laura. Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here. Well, and, and we actually, this is a second time for you. You're one of the few that we've had on as a repeat guest. And, and uh, I'm so happy that, that you were willing to. You were on back in episode 40. So for those of you listening in, if you haven't heard episode 40 with Laura, we, we talked about the topic of relationships and the importance of relationships and the role that they play in business. It almost seems like a given, uh, but I would encourage you to go back and listen to that and, and take in the details and, and the wisdom, if you will, that, that Laura shared with us back then. But um, I, we're going to get into, wow, I mean, a multitude of topics really kind of centered around the notion of harmony in business today. And that's kind of a loaded uh, title in and of itself. And I'll let you explain that here in just a bit. But let's start out as we normally do with something that I call the aha moment. And this would be a moment or maybe a series of moments in your business where uh, kind of the light bulb came on and you realized there was a, a significant change that you needed to make in your business. I'd be I'm wondering if you'd be willing to share that with our listeners. Yeah, absolutely. I think my light bulb moment probably came when I was transitioning from my full-time job into going full-time with photography, and that was October 2015. So if you live anywhere that has an autumn slash fall season, (laughs) you know October is absolutely crazy in the wedding industry. So I was, I quit on Halloween. So I went all through October on my full-time job, and I was just completely burned out. I literally showed up to work in pajamas one day because I could not physically even wrap my head around like getting dressed and being presentable. Luckily, I was a photo editor, so I just worked in a back room with no windows and nobody saw me. But but (laughs) I was totally burnt out. And I was like, man, is this how everybody feels? Like, this is crazy that you have to work so much. And am I making the right decision quitting a nine to five job where I only have to work 40 hours a week to go to this thing that's going to take, you know, three times as much time potentially, or like a hundred hours a week. So I kind of spent my entire off season, a whole four months reorganizing and streamlining my business. So I started to create workflows and systems. And I realized, you know, if I'm doing 25 weddings a year, essentially every wedding client is getting the same experience or they should get the same experience. And if I can create one workflow and one system for that client experience all the way from inquiry down to album delivery, then why not write it down so I can just tweak and repeat and simplify everything and organize and streamline everything. So I spent that whole four months creating workflows and systems in my business and putting it into a client management system so I could automate things and write email templates. And essentially, it boiled down to just working smarter, not harder. So I was trying to get the same result by working less with workflows and systems than I was before when it was just kind of run on the hamster wheel and you know, reinvent the wheel every time I got a new client. So that was kind of my aha moment was implementing workflows into my business. Well, and then just simply that realization that you don't have to work 80 to 100 hours a week in order to have uh, an effective and efficient business. Um, oh my God, yeah. I, yeah, that, that's that's such an important realization because at the end of the day, you know, and this is something I've even had to remind myself uh, over the last, even a year, year and a half or so, um, and that is, you know, as much as, and we're going to be talking about the idea of efficiency and workflow in this conversation, and this is something that I talk about all the time here and elsewhere in the industry, but as as much as it's important to to create efficient workflows and to work intelligently, it doesn't mean that, that that's then an excuse to be lazy. What we're talking about, and, and I like that Tim Ferriss, actually, he wrote a book called The 4-Hour Workweek. We've talked about it here on the podcast before, but he said, you know, people have a misconception that 
that when that I'm suggesting you only work four hours a week and then just you know sit around and eat chocolate and watch TV or whatever <laughs> the rest of the time. And that's not it. The, the point is to work intelligently with the time that you actually put into your business, you're getting much more done with the effort. And so when you talk about creating systems, um, you're creating these systems that help kind of minimize or at least make more efficient the busy work. And then yeah. that frees you up to focus on the stuff that matters. And that's, that's a really important differentiation to make. So that, that's, that's a great way to get us started today. And we're going to dive into this topic in even more depth here in just a bit. But I'd love for you to, to tell us a little bit more about you. I know that we talked a little bit about you back in, in episode 40. But tell us uh, about more about your boyfriend um, and uh, your love of outdoors. I just saw on your Instagram stories that you were out kayaking in the snow. So I want to hear more about <laughs> yep. that. But just tell us a little bit about what you like to do with your free time. So yeah, my brand, both Laurelie Creative and Laurelie Photography are very adventure centered and outdoorsy. Mountains are totally my happy place. I live in a mountain-y area in New Jersey, but you know, our mountains are only a thousand feet tall, so it's not anything to write home about, but I'm (laughs) glad I don't live in a city. But yeah, so I've been with my boyfriend for six years now. We met in Copenhagen, Denmark. We were studying abroad, but he is actually from New Jersey. So yes, I went all the way to Europe to meet somebody from New Jersey. So we've been together for six years. We love traveling together which is awesome because I love traveling. So I'm glad he likes it too. But (laughs) six years, we have probably been to, I think about 15 or 16 different countries together and probably close to 20 states. So we are just always looking for the next adventure. Currently, we just booked a trip to Lake Tahoe, Colorado, and uh, Lake Tahoe, California, a trip to Colorado. And we are going to go to Iceland in March and hopefully see the Northern Lights. So Totally love traveling and love adventure. Uh, I love paddleboarding when it's warmer out. And <laughs> you can pretty much do all year round. I mean, I, my friends actually went paddleboarding on the lake last, uh, actually this weekend, oh. and it was snowing. So I stuck with a kayak. So me and my dad went kayaking after we had five inches of snow on Saturday. Me and my dad went kayaking yesterday. So basically just anything that I can get some fresh air Hiking is also awesome. And just sitting around my fire pit, that's pretty much my favorite thing to do. Oh, I love that. But what, the last thing that I would have thought of, I, I guess maybe this is just my naivety, but kayaking in the snow is not wouldn't be like my first um, inclination <laughs> if, if I were going to even go kayaking. Is that is that a pretty normal thing, though? I mean, for those who regularly no. kayak... <laughs> No, definitely not. But my dad's uh, one of his bucket list items for the year was to kayak in every month. So we checked December off the list, and in January he'll probably take a ice axe and you know pick through the river ice <laughs> or something like that. But figured I'd help him get December off the list. So that is definitely not normal. We were definitely the only ones on the river. Oh, but I, I love that you're. I mean, not only with your dad, but of course with your boyfriend as well. That you're just living. Um, not just sitting behind a desk all the time and um, and that you're doing so proactively. I think that's a beautiful example. If you guys don't already follow Laura on Instagram, you can check out our Instagram account. It's Laura, L-A-U. I know some some people pronounce it Laura, Laura. How do you pronounce your name, if you prefer to pronounce your name? I say Laura, but Laura, I think it's okay. literally just where you're from in the country. I don't mind it, it any, depends. any okay. way you say it. Yeah, my uh, grandma says Laura. <laughs> okay, okay. So Laura Lee Creative, L-A-U-R-A-L-E-E, and then Creative. You can follow her on Instagram. But I, I, again, I love this proactivity and just living life and kind of living out loud. I think it's beautiful and a, and a wonderful example for our listeners. Now, how do you create this kind of free time for yourself? And, and again, this is tied to our the bigger topic at hand, but can you maybe give an example of a tool, a technique, something that you're doing specifically that enables you to have the kind of time to do all of this traveling, for example? Yeah. So I, will, I don't want to harp on this, but this is literally the reason. So when I implemented workflow, at first I had it in Asana and I still use Asana every single day. It's a free task management tool if the listeners haven't heard of it. But I then um, I jumped on the HoneyBook train and they actually implemented a workflow and task management tool into their CRM. And so I put my entire workflow into HoneyBook. And now I'm currently managing about 67 active clients in HoneyBook. And because my workflow is in there, and it's all dynamically created off of their project date or 
their booking date, I can just go in every single day, see what tasks need to be done. And, you know, I have a to-do list created for me. I have all my email templates in there. And so that was one huge thing. It's just, I had to no longer keep everything in my brain and I could just go into HoneyBook, see what I need to do. And, you know, it's fine having paper lists and post-it notes and stuff like that when you have two, three, four, maybe five clients. But once you get past that, there's just no way you can keep track of all the things you need to do for a wedding client or portrait client or just any type of project, really, Uh, because it's just really wasting a lot of brain space. And that creates overwhelm and stress and anxiety, wondering what you did. Did you do it? When did you do it? Does it have to be done still? So that was one huge thing. And then the other thing, um, and I think we're going to get into this a little more later and I can walk everybody through an exercise, but figuring out what your values are. And I literally wrote them all down. They are actually written on my website, Laurelie Creative. And some of those are adventure, relationships, community, freedom, balance, self-care, Uh, I think there's two more in there, but basically I try to make sure that those values are in my calendar somewhere. So I have an assistant that I just brought onto the team a couple months ago, and she makes sure that I am scheduling date nights. I'm scheduling, you know, time to go see my friends and time to go get coffee. And she knows what my values are. So we make sure that they are on my calendar and planning in advance too. I think that has been a really big lesson for me because everybody will always say, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, I'm too busy, I have too much to do. But if you plan lunch two months in advance with somebody, you, you're you not going to give up that date for you know your to-do list. So, I should surely hope not. Yeah, I, and I've said this before in the podcast, but I'm still amazed. And I, I hear this from friends and likely I've heard it from family at some point too, but like I'm too busy. And mm-hmm. and it's tough for me at this point, just of course, valuing the, the notion of productivity and time management, uh, efficient time management and so forth, that when I hear somebody tell me, somebody I thought was a good friend of mine, tell me that they're too busy for me. And yet then you see them prioritizing other things. At the end of the day, it's just a matter of proactive kind of prioritizing of your activities and your time. And yeah. simply scheduling something is not that difficult. And, and you know, when, when even like in a photography group, when you're like, hey, let's get together on this particular day and get the photographers together um, and hang out. And people are like, oh, I'm not sure if I can make it that day. Just put it in your calendar. Just commit to it. It's not yes. that difficult. Yeah. Say, say yes to the things that you value. And actually, you know, I took it one step further and I... I never wanted to make that excuse for the people and the things that were important to me. So I actually created a graphic in Illustrator and made it my phone background with the quote, <laughs> you always have time for the things you put first. Well, and first of all, I have like major props to you. I'm not laughing at you for doing that. I'm just laughing because like, I know you and I can totally geek out on this topic to a much greater extent than the average person would that this, this idea of kind of proactive time management. But I think those kinds of reminders um, are are wonderful, and and this this idea of being very very clear about your values. I'm going to let you get into it a little bit more, so I don't want to take too much away from the conversation. But this is something that I just talked about at the United Conference about a month or yes. so ago. It was amazing. Oh, that's very kind of you. But but really, at the end of the day, I realized the significance of simply putting front and center my values, which at the root level are those things that I know make me happiest, and. I, I need to center my my life and ultimately my business as well around those values. And if I do, it's going to help filter out the unnecessary stuff and help me spend my time more wisely and ultimately be happier in the end. So I think that's a great reminder. We'll make sure to uh, link to Asana in and, and the show notes. And I'll go ahead and mention Todoist uh, is the, the task and project management system that I use as well. I'll put, we'll put that in the show notes as well as HoneyBook. Um, so everybody can check out those resources. I have to ask you really quickly, though, the, the assistant, um, you said you hired an assistant. How did you find mm-hmm. the assistant and, and how many hours a week are they working with you? Um, they work 10 hours a week and I found them through a blog post that another creative entrepreneur had written and I inquired with her and she actually has a company that has multiple assistants and she'll pair them with other people who are looking for assistance. We can totally put her link in the show notes too, yeah. if she's okay with that. I just Okay. 
Yeah, definitely send that to me and we can we can yeah. post it to the show notes if if that works out. But that that sounds fascinating. I mean, the, the idea of hiring a, a personal assistant is is one of those things that probably a lot of people, including myself even, would be like, "Oh, that's just not like I can afford I can't afford to do that," you know? But but uh, the idea of 10 hours a week and having somebody that's paired that matches um, kind of your style, I think that's beautiful. Yeah, and I think it happened because I realized I wanted to do so many things with my business. I wanted to plan a retreat and start working on course content that I'm hopefully going to launch in 2018. And I was focusing on so many things that weren't my zone of genius. Like I hate scheduling and I hate sorting through my emails and I read all, I read all my emails, but there are so many random things in there that I don't need to see. And so my zone of genius is creating content and you know, helping others grow their business and save time and work smarter. And I never had any time to do that because I was just in my inbox and in my calendar doing all these day-to-day things. And that is completely her zone of genius. And she will message me all the time and just say, Laura, I love doing all your admin work. I'm like, that's great because I hate it. (laughs) But that's perfect though. That's that's how it should be. And that's a really wonderful example. All right. We'll make sure to link to that if, if that works out. But um, and, and maybe if you'd be willing at some point in the future, we can have you back on again and we'll talk about what it means to actually work with an assistant and how that workflow yeah. breaks down. Because not only would I be curious, but um, I'm sure it could be potentially helpful to many listeners out there as well. Um, I, I want to, we were talking about attention and, and um, how we use our time. And I just want to mention in passing, this is a conversation you and I were having before I hit the record button. Uh, and that was the consumption of content and how that plays into kind of distractions mentally and keeping us from focusing on the things that matter. I'd love for you to comment on that just briefly and kind of your thoughts on that as of late. Yeah. So I have definitely been feeling like there is way too much noise in my life and I'm the one consuming all of this. So it's not like I love all the content that everybody's putting out, but I don't necessarily need to consume it all. Like once I'm at the point that I need to hear that, then maybe I can consume it if I have something specific I want to look for. But I am probably on 30 newsletters at least. And I listen to probably 10 podcasts on a regular basis when I'm driving, which isn't too often, but I don't really listen to them while I work. But I read dozens of blog posts every day, probably. And just scrolling on Instagram and Facebook, there is just so much content and so much noise. And I feel like every time I read a blog post or listen to a podcast, the content is amazing. And then I end up with like a whole page to do list of things that I want to incorporate into my business after listening to that podcast. But we kind of have to come to a point at some time that, you know, our business, if our business is doing well, we don't need to keep being in all the places and doing all the things that everybody else is doing. I think we just need to figure out what our business needs. And, you know, there's courses on everything on Instagram, on Facebook, on Pinterest for all these things you should be doing. But if you can do ABC really well, then you don't need to do ABC, D, E, F, G in your business just because this person is doing one thing and this person is doing another. So I think I've just realized you know, somebody launched a SEO course and as tempting as that was to get because I don't really know anything about SEO, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm fully booked for 2018. So why would I spend so much time figuring out all my SEO when my current marketing efforts are doing just fine? So I think I'm figuring out that I need to consume less so that I can create more and just focus on my zone of genius, which is you know, helping others with time management instead of just consuming all this stuff. It's so good. It actually just happened this week too. I read two books that were on balance and time management and stuff like that, hoping that I would learn something different that I didn't know, but I I knew every single point that they hit in that book. So I kind of just wasted nine hours of my life reading two books that was just repeat information of stuff that I've already learned. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, and there's so many different directions we could go with this conversation. But to that, that last point, it's 
when whenever I, I listen to or try to read a business book, I'm reminded of the ma- amount of just fluff that's built into these these books that covers probably 75, 80% of the book. And then the remainder of it is actually applicable information or maybe applicable information. I was in the process of, of listening to a book called Moonwalking with Einstein. And um, mm-hmm. this is a book about, ultimately about memory, memory utilization, this guy who uh, just kind of randomly picked up uh, memory or comp- memory competition or getting involved in memory competitions and um, and hmm. th- within the span of a year or so uh, got good enough to become a national champion and wow. um, so it 's an interesting story, but even if and, and ultimately, I was listening to this because i I want to do a better job uh, or I want to ultimately work or improve on my my memory and how well I think. And so I'm listening to this book, but I I got so frustrated today as I was listening to the audio book that there were a lot of stories and, and, you know, by themselves, maybe the stories are interesting, but I need, I just want to get to the applicable information because I'm taking in yep. so much all the time as it is that I just didn't really have time for the fluff. And so you and I were talking about this before we, we started the podcast interview and it's, I'm at a stage now where I'm like, you know what? I need to take a step back from all this consumption. I had the opportunity this week or this past week to spend a good bit of time with our operations manager. And, and I have a lot of respect for him on, on multiple levels. But one of the things I'm just so impressed with is how he is able to think critically and to take a situation within a span of just a few minutes, break it down, find the problems, suggest you know two or three solutions. And one of the things he pointed out to me is he doesn't, he doesn't consume a lot, books or, or otherwise. Um, but he has learned how to think. And that's really what is, uh, I think, mm-hmm. particularly important. So I'll just throw out a couple of books. Uh, you were asking what books I have in, in this list. I actually consolidated because I've got a, a slew of books in my <laughs> Kindle library, which is ironic because, of course, I haven't read all of them. And, and, and again, there's probably a lot more noise in there than anything else. But um, there are a couple of books that I'd throw out there just as a recommendation at this point. And some of these I've just begun to read or spent a little bit of time in them. Some I haven't. There is one by Edward de Bono called Think Before It's Too Late. And uh, I'd actually read, read a book by him prior um, called Lateral Thinking. And uh, very simply, it's, it's an approach to, and, and this might seem like a contradiction, but a methodical pr- approach to creative thinking. And uh, he explains how, how you can go about the process of creating creative thinking methodically, how to purposely go into a situation and look at it creatively. And uh, so I'd, I'd recommend that book. And you could even look at lateral thinking as well. But I think he sums up the, the principles from that book in this, in this book, Think Before It's Too Late. Um, another one that I'm going to explore, I began to read a little while back and didn't finish, but this is one I'm going to get back into is called The Memory Palace. And, and this principle is is one that multiple memory competitors have used this idea of the memory palace where you put a bit of information in the room of a house you associate this idea or concept uh, with an image and that enables you to be able to remember it more effectively and it's it's referred to mm. in that moonwalking book i i mentioned earlier and uh, it's certainly a common um, common method or technique when it comes to memory but um, it's simply called the memory palace and uh, so that'd be another one. And, and I'll just throw out another one that's here on my list, and it's called Unlimited Memory. So if you guys are interested in this topic, uh, again, maybe a little bit geeky, but I think at the end of the day, <laughs> there's, there is a tendency, and it's so easy to now to just consume so much information. And like you said earlier, it's not that it's bad, and it's certainly fun, and it can be entertaining, but is it actually helping you accomplish your goals personally, professionally, and you should be able to answer that question if you have your values in place. So we're going to get into this this topic of harmony in business and, and values being one of the kind of the key components of creating harmony in your business here in just a little bit. But if you're clear on those values that Laura was just talking about, then you'll be able to filter out the noise, including the content that you consume and focus on just the things that enable you to be your best self and the best business owner that you possibly can be. So just wanted to throw that in there. I think it's an important point of conversation. Now, we talked about at this point that the, the podcast, we normally get into the beginnings of your photography business and what your photography business is about. We talked about that kind of thing back in episode 40. So you guys go back and listen to that episode. Uh, but I want to get into our main topic for today. Uh, when we were, uh, there was conversation before the interview about what we might discuss. And, and um, we're going to talk about something that's kind of a loaded topic. And almost, it, it might seem a little cheesy to people, even in fact. But the three steps to harmony in business and life. This is a big, big topic. 
and actually on your website at Laura Lee Creative, and you guys make sure you go check this out. This is Laura's project centered around helping photographers create freedom for themselves in their business uh, and ultimately to be the most effective business owner possible. But on the website, you say, we empower photographers and creative entrepreneurs to build a profitable business and fulfilling life with education designed to help you save time and make more money. And that in and of itself is a really big statement, but I'm, I'm just curious how you got into this field and what led to the interest in, in helping other photographers in this regard to begin with. Yeah, oh my God. So it was totally on accident. This was not like, oh, my photo business is doing really well. So the next step is education. That is literally not what happened at all. Basically, a bunch of friends had come over individually and we were sitting around the fire pit drinking wine. And so many people I was finding had the same issue that they were working around the clock and just you know, fighting tooth and nail to get sleep and get things done. And, you know, all these conversations started happening over wine around my fire pit. Everybody was crying. I'm crying. They're crying. Um, because this business that we thought was our dream job was taking away from our dream life and freedom of being an entrepreneur was kind of non-existent. So that is they kind of happened after I started implementing workflow and systems. So I'd be like, oh, well, you know, I can help you with that. Let's find the holes in your workflow here. These are some tips to be more productive. And, you know, if you get this organized and streamlined, that might help out and you'll save time here. And so I started mentoring kind of on accident because people started seeing that I was really good at workflow and systems. And I'm known as the workflow and systems and productivity expert amongst my Tuesdays Together group. And so I started mentoring a few of them and really, really enjoyed it. And once I found out what the impact was that it was having on their business, and so I actually took the things that I was doing in mentoring sessions and put it into a product for photographers. And that's what launched last May was the wedding, or I guess this past May was the wedding photographers playbook. And it was essentially my A to Z roadmap of post-production. And it had all my efficiency tips for your photography workflow. And it had every single step A to Z. It had the procedures written out, had a list of resources and it still exists. I'm saying it like it's past tense, but it still exists. (laughs) So I kind of started hearing from everybody that they were getting to have date nights again and they were able to spend more time with their kids. People were having 25, 30 hours of savings on every wedding workflow. Like if you do 20 20 weddings a year and you're saving 30 hours per wedding, that's 600 hours that you are saving. And I don't know what 600 divided by 40 is, a typical work week off the top of my head, but it's a lot. And so people were saving weeks and weeks and weeks of time that they were able to then do other things to grow their business. So it wasn't just like, all right, I saved 10 weeks of my life and now I'm going to go on vacation for 10 weeks. I mean, you can totally do that. That's kind of what I did this year, but you can take those 10 weeks and you can use it to network with other business owners in the wedding industry that you wanted to work with. Go take them out to lunch, take them out to coffee because you're not too busy anymore. You can be on Instagram. You can, you know, plan a party for your couples, you know, get together or something like that. So you saving and all these photographers saving so much time gave them the ability to grow their business because they were able to do other marketing things that they didn't have time for before. And on top of that, them having a workflow and getting images to their clients so much faster. Like I I literally have students that went from six months delivering pictures to one week. So them doing that allowed them to give such an elevated client experience that people started referring them more. And that's actually what happened in my business. People, my brides and my grooms were so excited that they got their pictures back on their honeymoon that they shared the blog post, they shared the pictures because it was still fresh in their mind. They were still excited about it. The guests were still excited about it because it they hadn't even been to another wedding yet after that wedding. So it was still fresh in their mind. And my referrals actually went 
through the roof. They increased by 1200% from the year before when I started implementing my workflow. So wow. it kind of, long story short, kind of happened on accident. It was never a path that I thought I would take or would want to take. Um, I feel like a lot of people who educate in the industry were teachers before, but that is definitely not the case. I used to be a designer architect, but yeah, so it kind of happened on accident. So now my mentoring sessions are called the fire pit sessions because that's where it all started. That's perfect. And I hope they include wine always. They do. Yeah. On their website, it actually says fire pit sessions, wine, cheese, and freedom included. Oh, that's brilliant. No, I, I, that's, that's really brilliant, actually. Well, you know, I've mentioned it multiple times now. This topic as a whole may seem nerdy or geeky to a lot of people, but at the end of the day, um, these just spending a little bit of time investing in your business and your personal life by learning how to apply some of these principles that we talk about here in the Book of Podcasts, and we'll get into a little bit more here in this episode today translates to so many benefits, um, including this significant amount of time savings that you're referring to. And yeah, it, it may seem like, uh, it, may, it may even seem a bit uncomfortable up front, investing a little bit of time and energy into putting systems in place, but the results and the rewards are just incredible, as you alluded to. So I would encourage you all to, to pay close attention, not only during this conversation, but look back to some of the other episodes in which we dive into workflow and we talk about post-production and the significant role that putting systems in place related to um, these various areas of our business makes such a massive difference in our personal life and in our business as well. Now, I'm, I'm curious, I mentioned earlier that, that the title for today's episode is Three Steps to Harmony in Business and Life. And I know there are three big ideas that you wanted to get into related to this idea of creating harmony in our business and our life. But I'd yes. love for you to define, first of all, what does that harmony even mean? What does that look like? Yeah. Okay. So I think it's kind of the same idea of work-life balance, but I know everybody thinks that's a unicorn. So I've more recently been using the word harmony. And I just think to me, harmony is that we feel fulfilled and happy and successful in both our life and business. And I think to me, it means, you know, if we have four balls in the air that we're juggling, they aren't one one of them is not dropping or two of them aren't dropping so to me it is balance and it's fulfillment and success it's happiness in both those areas because when i first started defining what laurelly creative was i wanted to make sure that people knew they did not have to choose between a dream business or a dream life or a very successful business or a very fulfilling life i wanted people to know that they could have both. So to me, that is, that's what harmony is. That's really good though. And I love that you're differentiating or even kind of moving away from using the word balance because it is so subjective. It doesn't have to look one particular way. It's going to look different for everybody depending on their values uh, to go back to that word from earlier. Uh, but I love that you're, you're differentiating between the two. Can you go ahead and dive into these three principles that drive yeah. that harmony that you're referring to? Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of have a six step process that I actually have a blog post about this. So we can link that in the show notes. But that's actually what I would love to walk everybody through now. Um, so step one to kind of find this harmony is to figure out your non negotiables. And to me, your non negotiables are anything that you're not willing to give up because of your business. So this creates a filter for your work schedule, the things you say yes to, and this turns into you not being overwhelmed because your schedule has dozens of different commitments that you're regretting because now you don't have a free weekend with your family or something like that. So figuring out your non-negotiables is step one. And to me, some of mine are weekends that aren't spent photographing weddings or spent with my boyfriend, my family, my friends. So I don't shoot portrait sessions on the weekend. I don't do engagement sessions. My clients know those are Monday through Friday. I don't schedule meetings three days a week so that I have two full work days to kind of get in the zone, get in the flow of what I'm working on. Attending Tuesdays Together meetings is a big non-negotiable for me. I am a co-leader for my local group, but that is something that brings me so much joy and fulfillment, so I never want to miss that. And I also don't shoot more than three portrait sessions a week because I know that I can't commit the time that I need to finish more than three a week without giving up 
time with my boyfriend or my family or my friends, etc. So that's kind of step one. And when people are trying to figure these out, just what are the things that really make you happy and bring you joy and bring you fulfillment and kind of fill your heart up? And what would you be sad about missing? And to me, you know, I never work on Sundays unless my boyfriend or family are out of town, then I'll kind of work at home and unless it's a wedding or something like that, but I'll never work on Sundays um, except for rare circumstances because to me that's just my day to rest and refill my cup up a little bit with personal things. So that would be step one. And after that is defining your values. And we you know, touched on this a little bit earlier and I have these literally written out on my website, but your values, simply put, are the things that are most important to you. And you can have one, you can have five, I have eight. So these help you make another layer of a filter for your life and your business. So when you are making decisions of whether or not you should say yes to a certain commitment or something in your business, you can go back to your values and see if it is compromising any of them. And like I said, I literally have mine written down, but my values are relationships, which is what we talked about completely on episode 40 when I was here on Vocal Podcast. Self-care, adventure, community, gratitude, freedom, balance, passion, and learning and teaching. So those are all my values. And it's been kind of funny that once I define them, I have been able to realize what should be going on my schedule. So now under relationships like time, you know, date nights and family days or apple picking or something like that are going on my calendar and gym classes are going on my calendar and massages and time to read. I literally have that on my calendar under self-care and adventure, you know, kayaking. I went kayaking this weekend. And so once I defined all these, I could actually put them on my schedule because I knew if I was shooting three portrait sessions and a wedding one week, then I would really need to add these values into my schedule so that I felt more fulfilled. So that was step number two. So step number one, define your non-negotiables. Step number two is define your values. And those two principles are really, or those two steps kind of almost are one and the same because that that idea of non-negotiables is closely tied to the idea of values, those things that make you happy. These are the things that you're constantly reaching toward. And and another good resource, we were talking about different books, and we'll certainly link to those books um, that I mentioned earlier in the show notes, as well as this one, and also make sure to give you the author so you, there's no confusion as to, to what book is, is written by who. But there's a book by Tony Robbins called Reawaken the Giant Within, and it's only about a 100-page read. It's a free download if you just do a Google search online. But he talks about this principle, this idea of values, and what it means, and how to develop them. And I highly recommend you guys go get that book. It'll probably be one of the most, uh, we talk about reading information that's actually applicable. Um, this is a short read. You can take and apply this stuff all day long, every day for the next year easily, and it'll make a massive difference in your life. But that part of that book is centered around this idea of value. So make sure you get a copy of that as well. Um, take us to I step number that. three. Yeah, so step number three for me was choosing a word of the year and a phrase of the year. And I feel like this has kind of become a common trend in recent years. And I've loved doing this the past two years. You know, when New Year hits, everybody's Instagram about their word of the year, their phrase of the year. And so I took this and I actually applied it to my six step process. And In 2016, my word was intentional and my phrase was collect moments, not things. And this is the year that I systematized and organized and streamlined my entire business so that I could be more intentional with my time, intentional with my relationships, with my self-care, with all those values. So I wanted to be intentional with the things that I had defined as my values. And so that was my word of the year. And I literally wrote it on the wall and I also wrote my phrase of the year, which was collect moments, not things. And I have that calligraphed and framed right above my desk. Calligraphed. I don't know if that's a word. Um, Somebody (laughs) calligraphied it. um, And it is framed on 
my wall right above my desk and this resulted in a way cooler Christmas presents. Me and my boyfriend decided that we did not want material things. We wanted to get each other something that we could experience together. So we actually went dog sledding for our Christmas present together and that was really cool. So to me, I said a word and phrase of the year and that was really, really helpful. And in 2017, my words were, I had two words, growth and impact. And my phrase was get out of your comfort zone. So this was the year growth. I was trying to grow my audience, my email list, Laurelly Creative as a whole. And I was trying to impact as many people as possible through my newsletter, through my blogs, through my Instagram tips and stuff like that. And my phrase is get out of your comfort zone because I had to start reaching out to podcasts and uh, guest blog and host webinars and hosted a HoneyBook challenge. And all of those things scared the crap out of me. But I knew that that was my phrase. And it would that phrase would help me grow and impact more people. So I would definitely encourage people to write down their word and their phrase of the year, because this is kind of going to help you set the goals and intentions and dreams for your business and your life in the next year. So that's actually where all my goals came from was that word and phrase of the year. Very cool. Very cool. And then very simply, we could sum it up as priorities, right? Yep. That's great. Absolutely. That's, That's great. Take us to number four, if you will. Yeah. So number four was defining your ideal lifestyle. And I feel like these steps can probably all happen you know, in any sort of order, but step four was defining your ideal lifestyle. And I was actually a guest at a Tuesdays Together meeting out in California when I was out there visiting last month. And they were doing this really awesome four-week exercise creating a business plan. And there were a bunch of people in the group who were very new to business. And I was sitting with them. I was not doing the activity because I was I was just there for the day. I think it was their fourth week, so it was their last activity. And they were kind of defining their goals and stuff like that. And the two girls that I was sitting with, I encouraged to figure out what their ideal lifestyle was before they set all their goals. And this is actually where that this six-step process came from was my conversation with them, which is actually kind of cool if you think about it. But I, you know... I was listening to them set all these super ambitious goals, which is awesome. Like I don't want anybody to set the bar low by any means, but I wanted them to think about what sacrifices they would have to make in order to make those goals a reality. And so I wanted them to figure out how much did they want to work each week? Did they want to take time off this year? How much? Or was it just going to be a year of hustle or a season of hustle? What relationships were important to them? What personal things do they want to account for in a year? Do they want to buy a house? Do they want to become a parent, go on vacation? So I ask them all these questions to kind of just trigger conversation and thought for them. And they came up with so many awesome things. Like they only wanted to work Monday through Thursday and they were, they were actually starting a life coaching and personal training business. So super, super cool business model. And one of them, you know, her non-negotiable was that she wanted to walk her daughter to school every day and pick her daughter up from school every day. So she knew that she could only take appointments between nine and three for life coaching or personal training. And so they start, you know, in this conversation, they started figuring out their ideal lifestyle, which is really, really awesome because then I think once that's defined and you kind of define what success looks like to you, you can better set your goals and priorities for your business. So I think all those four steps are on the life side of things. And then they filter into step number five, which is setting your goals and your priorities for your business. So with that, I recommend using all of the above things as a filter. So use your non-negotiables, your values, your ideal lifestyle, and uh, your word and your phrase of the year to set your goals. And so, for example, my word and phrase was growth and impact. And my phrase was get out of your comfort zone. So some of my goals for last year were to grow my newsletter list to 10,000 people, to be a guest on five podcasts, and host two webinars. I think I did all of those. And so I 
used all of those filters to set my goals and I was able to break down my goals yearly, monthly, daily, what tasks I needed to do to complete them. And I was able to add in things that fulfilled me and make me happy in my personal life because I wasn't just kind of throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks and just like grabbing at a bunch of random other goals and dreams that maybe yep. other people had but yep. weren't for me. So once I figured out what my success looked like and what my values were, I was able to define my goals and my priorities. And so I wrote down, you know, all my business goals. I put them in Asana and put out tasks and subtasks to actually complete them. But it was a really, really helpful exercise for me to go through. And I have just seen so much more fulfillment this year than any other year. And I actually said to my boyfriend in November, I was like, can you believe that I got to go apple picking with you in the middle of wedding season? <laughs> and he was like, I know that never would have happened two years ago. Yeah. I was like, it's so awesome. So it was a really, really great exercise for me. And, you know, those goals don't just have to be business goals. They can be personal goals. They can be buying a house. They can be, you know, starting a family. It, it can be, it could be going on vacation, going to Disney World with your family. So, uh, they don't just need to be business goals, but I think that those first four steps will really help in setting your goals that are intentional. I think that's the word that I always come back to is you want everything in your business and your life to be intentional because I actually have a post-it note on my computer that says, are you being productive or just busy? busy? Because I always want to be productive and intentional with my time instead of just creating busy work for myself as an excuse that I'm, I'm too busy to do things that are actually important. So, Well, and I, I love the, um, the analogy that you used a little bit ago, which is just throwing spaghetti at the wall, seeing if something sticks. You know, I mean, at, at some point, uh, and, and actually probably multiple points in, in the life of a business owner, we're going to have to throw spaghetti at the wall in the sense that we're going to have to test different ideas yeah. out or different b business strategies out. But the key point that you're making there, which has really been the theme through all of these steps, is very simply intentionality or being yep. very clear about the direction that you're going. All the details you may not have all worked out, but you know the direction that you're going. You know what you're reaching toward, and that allows you to filter out all the noise um, really, really effectively, get more done, and still have the freedom to enjoy life, to live life the way that you're describing. So this is great. Go ahead and take us to the last one, if you will. Say no to the things that do not fit in with your non-negotiables, your values, all the things we went through before. Say no if somebody asks you to shoot a portrait session on Sunday, if your non-negotiable is not to work on Sunday. And say no if somebody asks if you can complete a website project in a week and you know you already have too much client work. Say no when you want to take a sabbatical in July, which I did this year, and somebody asks if you can squeeze your project in. So step six is to say no so that when people ask you to go to lunch and you know that fulfills you and that makes you happy, you can say yes. So say no to the good things so that you can say yes to the great things. I love it. And, and again, you're able to do that because of the previous five steps or really just simply because you've established your values and you know the direction uh, that you are going toward or that you're reaching toward. So this has been really, really great reminder. Now, we're really just kind of scratching the surface. And I know that you've got, you have an upcoming workshop, right? That ties into this this conversation? Yeah, I do. It's uh, hopefully it's in planning mode right now. I'm hoping that it'll be hosted in May. So it's actually going to be a three day retreat. It's called the Fireside Retreat. And essentially my vision for it is that we are on a mountaintop and I really only want it to be about 16 people so that it's a very intimate thing and we can build community and build, you know, relationships because those are two of my values. But I am actually incorporating all of my values into the retreat. So there's going to be adventure. There's going to be time for rest and balance and self-care. Like we might do some yoga. We might go kayaking. But essentially day one is going to be going through this exercise and a lot more and actually working through all of these things and then setting goals with intention for our business and actually writing out all the steps that we need to do to make those goals happen and figure out 
if our goals are intentional or not. And, you know, this is, like you said, just scratching the surface, but we have so much planned for it. And then I already want to sign up, sign me up. I'm so excited about it. Like I've been talking about it for two years as this dream that I wanted to happen. And I just, like I said before, I didn't have enough time because I was doing things that weren't in my zone of genius that an assistant could help me out with. So now I have time, me and one of my team members are planning this and we're in works with booking a venue and everything. So really excited about that. And so day one is kind of about life and day two, figuring, you know, figuring out your ideal lifestyle and everything we just went through. And day two is going to be talking about workflows and systems and streamlining, organizing, productivity, all that stuff so that you can, you know, find that harmony. So should have been called like the harmony retreat or something, but (laughs) totally stuck on the whole fire name. I Um, I think the fire name is great and make sure to have plenty of wine too. Yes, I know. There's, I literally have a list on my desk. It's like s'mores, cheese, wine. Yep, that's <laughs> pretty much all you need. Yep. <laughs> well, where yeah. can our where can our listeners find out more about this? Can, is there a newsletter or something like that that they can sign up for so they they you're able to keep them up to date when the details come out? Yeah, if they go to lauraleecreative.com, dot uh, com, we'll link it in the show notes. There are three or four freebies on there that will get you on my list. I have a freebie, actually a whole workbook explaining everything we went over on the podcast today. I actually totally, that was on accident, totally forgot that I had created that, but it's a workbook going through this whole exercise. And I ask you a bunch of questions so that you can figure out what your values are and your non-negotiables and all that. Um, And then I also have two, two or three other freebies on there. One is for photography workflow and it's just 10 workflow tips and the other is five tips for time management and to-do list management so there's a bunch of free resources on there and you know if people want to skip the whole free resource thing and they want to go to the shop I have tons of you know work I have workflow checklists for portrait photographers and wedding photographers and they're very very in-depth they go a to z and they implement all of the productivity tips that I have learned along the way, like breaking things down into smaller tasks and setting due dates and deadlines and stuff like that. So it's not just like call blog, edit, deliver gallery. I actually <laughs> have mentoring clients that are like, oh, I have a workflow and they show me something that's eight steps. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, that's not helpful. Like <laughs> we're going to revamp this, break it down, automate it, streamline it. Yeah. So if people want to skip the free resources, they can go to that. But um, well, yeah, there's tons of stuff and we'll hopefully be announcing the retreat more legitimately in February. Sounds good. We'll make sure to, to link everybody then to lauraleecreative.com. Of course, your website, I'm Laura Lee, I am, and then lauralee.com, your photography website, and then your Instagram account, lauraleecreative. We'll put all those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for making time. Uh, speaking of, um, thanks so much for making time today for our listeners, Laura. Yes, it was so fun. Thanks so much for having me again. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Thank you.